0: Ready for the weekend with Community Radio's premier sports show, your new fix of Friday night sport. Welcome to the bench.
1: And it's now time for our first segment this evening. Coming up, we're we're going to be speaking with our good friends from the Sydney Bears Ice Hockey League. Keith Topolsky will take you through that. And then after that, we're going to be talking rugby union with the back to Hornsby day at at Mark Taylor Oval tomorrow. Hornsby versus Woy, where we're going to be talking World Cup cricket, Northern Districts cricket, rugby league. Uh, a bit of overseas sport and whatever else tickles our fancy between now and eight o'clock, but uh, Keith Topolsky has two very uh, prominent Sydney Bears
0: ice hockey players in the studio with us right now. Yes, we do, Tony, and now I got to get the pronunciation right on the second name. But we've got Jake Ratcliffe, who that's isn't. not hard. That's not hard. But how do we how do we pronounce the surname? Is it Mokan or uh, it's Mokwin? Mokwin, Chris Mokwin, yeah. Moquin. Chris Moquin, yeah. From the Sydney Bears, gentlemen, welcome to the bench.
2: Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us.
0: Now, Jake, we'll start with you because when we talk about ice hockey, it's tough enough to get your head around that Australians play the game of hockey without having to worry about the fact that those from across the ditch play ice hockey as well. Tell us a bit about your background and how you came to be a Sydney Bear given that you're from the land of the long white cloud.
3: Yeah, no, I mean, it's um, there's pretty big hockey culture in New Zealand as well, pretty similar to here. Um, We've got a league, league going there as well. Um, so I just grew up playing there. I left home at a pretty young age to go over. I uh, went to high school in Canada, did all that, and um, playing at a university team in the States now. So um, the Bears just got in touch with me um, about possibly coming to play for them because I don't take up an import spot being mm-hmm. from New Zealand. So it um, just seemed like a great opportunity. So happy to be here
0: New Zealand of course being the seventh state of Australia except when it comes to players <laughs> oh, Low cup for some reason oh, but where where in canada did you play because i'm picking up it's a bit of a mixed accent there it's not really western or eastern oh no, or... yeah it's been
3: it's kind of been a while i was uh, just outside ottawa the capital oh
0: oh canada or going south
3: um east
0: East, so that would be the Orleans area or a bit further over uh, to the Hawkesbury? uh,
3: really close to Orleans.
0: Orleans, fantastic. And you you started out there in Canada and did you grow to love the game there and just get a little bit homesick or what inspired the move back?
3: No, I mean, I had already... I already kind of loved it before. That's kind of why I went Mm -hmm. over there and stuff. And, um, you know, I'll I'll be going back to the States again um, after the Aussie League season's up um, and going back to school there and everything. So... Um, wasn't really homesick at all. Just you mm-hmm. know, loved being over there playing everything like that. How so.
1: have you found the Australian league compared to what you've played uh, around the world?
3: Uh, it's good. There's obviously every team got their um, got their import guys and they're pretty high caliber. Um, you know, I've only played one weekend here, so I'm mm-hmm. um, a little early to tell. But yeah, it's definitely a definitely a pretty high level.
0: You managed to get on the score sheet a couple of times with assists last week when you beat the Adrenaline four three in overtime. The adrenaline, that was their first point of the season from nine starts. Was there a little bit of complacency, do you think, going in? Or was it just that the adrenaline came out and thought, this is where it stops and we just can't let this game get away from us?
3: Yeah, I think a little bit of both. Obviously, you see their record going in. Um, and, you know, you think sometimes it might be an easy game and they definitely came out came out pretty hard, um, you know, on their home ice and everything like that. So, yeah. Um you know, we really should have wrapped it up in regulation, but I'm um, just happy to get the win.
0: Mm. Chris, obviously, with a name like yours, French Canada, <laughs> Quebec, or Ontario, uh, or even New Brunswick. Well, yeah, no, I'm
2: not. Uh, I'm not actually Canadian. Oh. Got a little bit of a uh, little bit of it in the blood from uh-uh. past uh, ancestors, <laughs> but that's all right. No, I'm actually from uh, about 45 minutes north of Boston. So, oh, yeah, okay. over in the United States.
0: So you'd be pretty happy with the way that, well, until yesterday with the overtime result, the way the Stanley Cup final's going. Yeah, at, that right? was tough, but uh,
2: yeah, it's, probably, it's a good time of year to be throwing the Boston card around. So you're a Bruins fan?
0: or Yeah, Bruins yep. fan, uh, Pats, Red Sox, Celtics, everyone. Well, so. very important question, and we do we sure. do have the ability to throw you out of the building and have you punted oh. from the Sydney Bears. If was you that give your the Ottawa, wrong answer. Ottawa jersey back then? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> well, that is my Ottawa <laughs> jersey, but that was for another purpose. If you give the wrong answer here, we will have you punted from the Bears, but who's your favorite Bruins player?
2: My favorite
0: Bruins yes. player currently?
2: Yes. Oh, jeez. Um, I'm going to go Bergeron. Okay, that's acceptable.
1: That's if good, you said right?
0: Brad Marshan, then knew, we wouldn't knew have that was to the, give you the. I knew part. that was the wrong answer. Because <laughs> Brad Marshan? What would what would the rugby league equivalent be? Oh. O- almost, o- almost Gallon. Well, not even worse than Paul Gallon. just a really narky, snarky, nasty piece of work who always complains when he gets really, it back. There, oh, there isn't really... Maybe in the old days, Brad Thorne. Oh, Gordon Tallis. Didn't they see Chris Neal on the back of that jersey? Yes, out there? he but, wasn't. He wasn't too much.
2: Uh, but he <laughs> never complained when he it. Nicer than Marshawn. Well, Ga-
0: a... Brendan Gallagher, Chris Neal, they give it, but they can take it as well. Yeah, Marshawn yeah. can't. He can't. He cannot take it. Here. Well, he can take it. He's just, he just gonna. He just. He's well, just gonna. He just take it to it another level. Well, he, yeah. he dishes it out, but he can't take Quite it literally, right. he dishes right. it out because he goes and licks players as well now. Yeah, a little bit that's, pa- that's part of his That's part of his... And I'm not kidding around. You yeah, can actually go and Google that. I know you oh, can yeah. Google
1: that. And but, look it up. But speaking of uh, having things licked, what about the derby tomorrow? Both of you guys are playing in your first Sydney derby against the dreaded Ice Dogs tomorrow. It's an Ice Dogs home game Technically speaking, no.
0: It's actually a Bears it is home game. Ba- the home Ice Dogs open the season. It's a Bears oh, okay, home fair game. So
1: it's a. Be- that's right, because they open the season back in mm. back in uh, back in March. Well, again, it's another derby. I think it's your first Sydney derby you played together. What's the build-up been like? What's the talk been like in the locker room this week around this game? For those that have played in a few of these, what have they told you to expect?
2: I mean. Uh any game where, where you're playing, I guess, a crosstown rival or, or anything like that's going to be high intensity and then let alone you share in a rink. So, I mean, they ex- they kind of filled us in that, uh, you know, it's going to be a crazy environment in there. game might get a little bit chippy, but, um, you know, from puck drop to the final buzzer, it's gonna you're going to have to play hard. You're going to have to, you know, work. And uh, the other teams are not going to step down no matter what the score is or, or, or anything like that. Extra
0: motivation, I assume, given that they did get the result, well, you got the result first time, but the extra motivation to start a bit of a sweep here, given that it is the Derby, and knowing that they're going to come out all fired up and probably try and turn it on. Yeah,
2: no, absolutely. Um, you know, it's it's good to get that two-game lead on a on a team like that, okay. and especially, you know, like I said, with the rivalry, I mean, that, that speaks volumes if you can go up 2 all on them and uh, take care of business early mm. in the season, kind of maybe deflate them for the, the next two to come later on, but because it also counts for plenty at the back
1: end of the season in tiebreakers. If yeah. if oh, you yeah. somehow finish level on games won and lost, and that could mean the difference between home rink advantage and playoffs and not.
2: Right. right. Well, te- technically, technically speaking, speaking it's, it's home rink because it's, home rink it's, all it's all on the same weekend,
1: weekend. No, at the same, the same venue. Weekend. But hang on, the diff- Look, they'll tell you these guys will tell you the better dressing rooms do count for
0: plenty. Well. That that's mm-hmm. true. That that's got to be true.
1: It's better. It, 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 it's, you're better off changing in somewhere where you can change rather than somewhere which is only big enough to swing a cat. Yeah, you're in the store floor. In, and in, in the storage skate yeah. yeah. with yeah. cold. Sh- you get cold showers yep. in one dressing room and hot showers in the other. Do mm-hmm. you want me to continue? Well, no, you better not. Jake I'll and be- I
2: actually work at the rink, not to cut you off. So we <laughs> might have a little pull in <laughs> yeah. which pipes are pushing
0: hot water Ooh. or not. So <laughs> just just magically leaning against the pipe tomorrow and hanging oh, out. Jesus. Oh, the oh, I in dropped the skate on the. Oh, gee, on the s- pipe and oh, oh it's leaking oh, the
1: heater oh. in the room's problem? not working oh jeez oh, is that a problem look we'll have to look at it later for you can we wait after full time we'll have, to, we'll have it right for next week yeah oh, is that yeah. okay
0: <laughs> <laughs> now last week it, it's a it's a new thing well not necessarily a brand new thing but it's something that has only been tried sparingly in the past and that is a road trip that doesn't involve the double header in perth or the double header in adelaide it's actually play one and then move on to the other one. And later in the season, you'll start in Perth and come back by Adelaide. What was it like having the game in Adelaide? Did, did you hop on the plane that night or did you take the flight the next morning? or How did how did that one pan out? Because the Thunder ended up getting the result over in uh, WA.
3: Oh, yeah, so we um, we stayed the night in Adelaide after mm-hmm. the Saturday game and then um, we were on an 8 o'clock flight in the morning out to Perth oh. um, and then a midnight flight back after the Perth the game. The
1: red-eye special. So
3: yeah, that's right. It was uh, that was an interesting one for sure. But yeah, no, you definitely noticed the effects of that a little bit in the Sunday game. Um, kind of the travel and stuff starts to wear on you a bit. But um, yeah, that was um, that was an interesting one for sure.
0: Did you at least get the day off after the red eye, or did you have to go straight back to the rink? Uh, and no, we
3: working? we had the day off, but some guys, a lot of guys on the team, um, went right into work, which was I couldn't imagine that. I was falling asleep in the, in the car ride home.
0: It, it's a it's a brutal trip over to Perth, but. Gents, tell, tell us a bit about where you play on the ice. We'll start with you, Chris. Are you blue line, you up front, and what, what sort of role do you play where you play at the same time?
2: Yeah, so tomorrow's actually going to be my first game. So um, mm-hmm. uh, we ran into, like, a little bit of an import situation last weekend for that trip, and mm-hmm. um, so I was just eating popcorn in the stands. But <laughs> uh, tomorrow will be a little bit different. I'm going to be playing in the middle with uh, Jake tomorrow, mm-hmm. so we'll be line mates, and we have another import, one of our roommates back at the place. Um, Danic hmm so the three so of us... So you'll be
0: centering the import line?
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, so the three of us will be... Um,
0: it's a fair line if you all fire.
2: Yeah, no, it, it, we got a good amount of skill and kind of uh, styles of play that complement each other too, mm-hmm. so...
0: Um, so you're more of a two-way, defensive forward, your sniper... Playing yeah, right. more of like a Bergeron, more of the last deep, guy deep to leave the D zone, yeah. and um,
2: mm-hmm. not to... I'm far from him, not to really compare <laughs> myself to him, but I guess kind of model my play off him a little bit, and then... I, Got speed except, on both except, my except sides, except for the
1: niggle. Except for
0: the, except for half of his niggle and half of his dirty, dirty shots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll take that. And Jake uh, <laughs> getting a couple of assists. So I'm hoping that unlike Brian Funes, you're not a stay at home <laughs> <laughs> defenseman, and that the forwards are actually pulling their weight.
3: No, yeah, no. I try to be kind of a playmaking forward and set up, uh, set up the other guys on my line, and get some good chances. So hopefully, um. We'll get a couple tomorrow against the Dogs.
0: Playmaking wingers aren't exactly in heavy supply at the moment. So is that something of a dynamic that you're trying to work on, being the playmaking winger? Because it's not the – I wouldn't say it's completely unusual, but it's not the overly common thing. Normally it's centre setting up wingers.
3: Yeah, I mean, obviously if there's a shot there, I'll take it. But, um, you know, Crest and Danick both, you know, they can shoot it as well pretty good. So if they're open, I'll just try to find them and, uh, yeah.
1: Not to forget, though, that this is the first leg of a doubleheader for you guys. This weekend, you somehow have to back up on Sunday to take on Newcastle. Uh, not much thought about that second match at this stage. Just all eyes and all attention on this game, this derby tomorrow, and then let Sunday sort itself out after.
2: Yeah, exactly. Pretty much. I mean, um, I mean, not to mention one of the biggest games so far this season. So it's yeah. it's pretty easy to not look look past that first one. Yeah. Um, so take it one at a time and move forward in the weekend.
0: Yep. Yeah. Now. Jake, you you played a bit of the game in Eastern Ottawa, and what what's it like having to put up with the chirps from, as Anthony Caruso says, the rock star of the team, in Jeremy Vasquez? Because I understand you guys sp- spent a bit of time uh, in school together, or at least playing overseas together.
3: Yeah, we uh, he was he's a bit younger than me, so we never actually played together. But yeah, we were at the same high mm-hmm. school, um, high school there, and just outside Ottawa for a little bit. So yeah, I knew him pretty well. So it was kind of a small world like that. Um, him being on the Bears and everything. Uh, but I haven't, he's kind of let off me a little bit so far. I haven't had too many trips. So that's him, his but. secret.
1: We can finally reveal Jeremy Vasquez's secret. He's on the beers before he. Before.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now, big question, and it's a very important question because Chris has already answered it. He's a Boston fan. You played your hockey out just outside of Ottawa. Please tell me you're a Senators fan.
3: Uh, because
0: I need someone uh-oh. to share the pain with. Uh oh.
3: My dad's a huge Sanders fan. Good man. Um, I like him already. He, he watched all, all 82 games this year. I don't know how he did that. but Poor bugger. Um, yeah, exactly. I'm, I don't really have a team. I like to just watch kind of different players and stuff like that. So.
0: Well, when your team is Ottawa, it's probably not yeah. a bad idea to say that you've got a different team because yeah. even the Simpsons are throwing shade at us now.
3: Yeah. Even that. the
0: Simpsons are dumping on us. So we can't have too much going Can you for us. Well, I can't really blame them because it was just a dump on Canada thing and as as long as you're allocating teams, you might as well allocate the new migrants to whichever team needs them the most. That's harsh. Well, that's what they did in the Simpsons episode. Have you guys actually seen that Simpsons episode where they dump on Canada? It's only a fairly new one. Yeah, I saw a clip of it yeah, on that was Instagram. by <laughs> I didn't Watch
2: enough. the full L- episode. L- 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 that was now. enough. <laughs> yeah.
1: That was enough. Now you know why I don't. Now you know why I don't watch it. I, you know until you told me about it in the green room. All right, what about the rest of this round this weekend? I know that you've got the double header, but there's some pretty interesting games elsewhere. Adrenaline versus the Ice tomorrow, and then uh, Adrenaline versus the Mustangs on Sunday. In that double header, they're playing that at uh, at the O'Brien House in Melbourne.
2: Yeah, I mean, um, but uh, there's not 30 teams in this league, you know. So it, mm. it's there's, it's going to be tight in the standings, kind of top yeah. to bottom.
3: Yeah.
2: Um, I know other teams are probably trying to gain some momentum to finish off before the All Star break coming up in a couple weeks. Yeah. So um, you gotta you gotta assume that other teams are cracking down. Mm-hmm. Um, they want to get those last points that they can before their break. Yep. So expect to have some high-level, fast-paced games. With the, with
0: the ice struggling as much as they are this season, and, that, and they really hit the skids last season as well, is this an opportunity, do you think, for the adrenaline to finally get off the mark and record that first win, whether mm. it's an overtime win, a shootout win, or a regular, just something that they can put in the W column?
3: Yeah, I mean, it'd be good for us if they could take some points off. Both of those teams this weekend,
0: especially uh, the Mustangs, in terms yep. of the playoff race, yep, for
3: sure.
1: And then the Perth Thunder and Canberra, the doubleheader in Canberra across the weekend. That's
0: that's a fairly decent doubleheader in its own right. Yeah,
2: a lot of uh, a lot of physicality, probably some grit in that game, right?
0: <laughs> Matt Harvey going to knock some heads.
2: What
0: about the local derby tonight? And it's a big one down at the Ice House. It is Mustangs and Ice. Obviously, you're going into a double-headed tomorrow. I, I, I should say the local derby tomorrow up here. Do, do you think that the absence of too many of these local derbies because the league is so spread out, as opposed to some other leagues, you see the NHL, you've got New Jersey, you got the mm. Islanders, you've got the Rangers in the tri-state area, and then you've got Montreal, Ottawa, Toronto within a six-hour drive of each other. In California, you've got San Jose four hours up the road from both the Kings and Ducks. Is this something that you really want to put your stamp on? And both of you can answer this question in terms of this is very rare to get local derbies in this league and you really want to dominate.
2: Yeah, they're definitely important and gain of momentum. But, um, you know, like I said, with such a small pool of teams, Eventually, at one point in the season, every game feels like a rivalry game, you know. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and if it doesn't, it probably will build up that way throughout the season. You get to see especially each other a few j- times,
1: j- especially jockeying for, for playoff spots, and if, and you play each other three, four, five, six times during the season. Anyway, right, right. so the, so by the time you get to the end of the season, you know you're going to be sick of the sight of each other anyway. So there's going to be the odd the odd Harvey incident
0: here and there. In fact, it may be more than the odd incident. Some Brad (laughs) Marshawn incident. Oh, you you're going to bring out the tongue and just, we'll uh, leave that to Vasquez. (laughs) (laughs) I I know that Nicole is listening in. I'm sure that Jeremy won't do that because Nicole will just have all sorts of all sorts of panic attacks over what's going to happen <laughs> if he if he does decide to start licking or kissing players or anything Brad Marshan style. In I just want to turn very quickly before we do get back to the North Stars game on Sunday, is what, what do you make of the NHL Stanley Cup final at the moment? It's a game all. Yeah. St. Louis managed to pull out the win in overtime yesterday and we're not going to see them again until Sunday because of the travel thing. Are the Bruins performing at their peak yet? Do you think Chris, or is there room for improvement there?
2: Um, I mean, huge, huge difference between game one and uh, game two. So um, we've been watching the game at work, actually throwing it on a little monitor without sound. So we haven't been able to catch, like, the full experience of the game. But um, I think the way the Bruins played game one, they played a good team defensive game, kind of limited the mistakes. And then in game two, it wasn't exactly the case. They... Uh, we're getting beat to pucks and things like that. So in in terms of taking it up another notch, I think they can mm-hmm. from Game 2 going into Game 3. Um, but, and that's what you're going to have to do to beat a good St. Louis team.
0: And, Jake, that's an interesting point that Chris makes. You, you watch the game at work on the screen without the volume during the day. What What's it like, the contrast in being able to – you sit down – of an evening when you're over there in the US or Canada and you sit and watch the NHL at 7.30 at night or a late game if it's out west as opposed to here where if you're watching the game you actually have to pause the game to go and take your lunch break or you can have your lunch break and then come back and watch it in the afternoon shift or what, what's the difference there in terms of the culture I suppose of watching the game not just playing it but just being able to watch it and catch the game at the same time.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's. I think it's obviously a lot nicer being able to watch it at night. And I play in Massachusetts now too, so um, lots of uh, lots of Boston fans around during the playoffs and stuff. It's been good being able to watch all those games, and everyone's everyone's getting fired up for that. So um, it's definitely better being able to watch it at night. But um, you know, sometimes it helps time go fly by at work as well. When we're oh, absolutely, there absolutely. There's
0: no there's no doubt about that. Now, men's health night tomorrow against the ice dogs it's a it's a really big thing at the moment because we've and we've spoken about it this week is the is the dramas that you have with men's mental health and it sort of gets shunted into the background and has there been much talk this week about the fact that it's men's health night or is it more let's just focus on the points and then we'll deal with the with the issues of mental health and promoting that good cause when we get to the rink on saturday yeah, I mean, not a ton
2: of talk around the room about it, but you see all the uh, advertisements, all the marketing. It's got, you know, Men's Health Night included on the posters or um, radio advertisements and, and whatnot. So um, it, it's going to be good with the the spotlight on this game in general to kind of raise that awareness. And like you said, it's kind of brushed under the rug, mm. but pull it back out and, um, you know, open people's eyes to it a little bit.
0: And, of course, the, the team is sponsored by All About Caring is – people would notice from the social media it's the all about caring sydney bears and you're all about caring sydney bears and is that something that you want to promote as well jake tomorrow given that it's a it's a great cause that your sponsors actually providing providing quality support services for people with disabilities or they might might be aged and they're just not able to get around as well as they used to so that they can actually stay in their own home and because that contributes to positive mental health as well and a feeling of independence
3: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think it's something that people don't think about a lot all the time, so um, it's definitely good to do an event like this and tie it into the game and everything to kind of bring some awareness to it, so I think it's definitely going to be a positive.
0: And I do want to then touch on the game on Sunday as well, the Newcastle North Stars. They did take the game a couple of weeks ago in Newcastle. It was a 4-3 result. Jumped out to a very early 3-0 lead. On the back of that, because we spoke to Jeremy and a couple of the guys about that game, but was there a little bit of complacency there? Three nothing. North Stars missed the playoffs last season, and this should be a bit of a run in the park. And all of a sudden, bang, 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 and the North Stars have all the momentum from there. Even yeah. if it was a slightly shaky goal to take front spot.
3: Yeah, I mean, I can really—we neither of us could really speak too much on that. We both just got in last week, so mm-hmm. um, we didn't really watch that game. But obviously, they got a pretty good record um, heading into the weekend. So, um, yeah, Sunday's—I mean, you know the. Derby game's huge tomorrow, but mm-hmm. um, you know at the end of the day, every game counts for three points, so we're going to be taking them both. Um, but it's gonna just be a to matter of,
1: it's going to be a matter of getting through tomorrow first in one piece, and getting that W, and then worrying about Sunday, say, in the, in the warm down Saturday night after the game probably.
3: Yeah, no, definitely. Obviously, tomorrow's, um, tomorrow's the main focus, for sure. Mm.
0: Now, for those that haven't actually booked their tickets yet, Chris, it's important to know that you can still get tickets to both games. And if you do log on to bearsden.com.au and go through the booking process and use your special promo code, the bench, you can get a reduction in your tickets, and tickets are still available. How much of a reduction do they get in the price of their tickets? you am going to throw you 10%. 10% off the price of the tickets to your Sydney Bear, to the Sydney Bears games over the weekend against the Ice Dogs tomorrow and against the North Stars on Sunday. 4.30 gates open, 5 o'clock puck drop. How many goals are we scoring against both teams? Oh, are, are you getting hat tricks each? Yeah, mil- are we getting hats thrown on the ice? Or are you <laughs> uh, just yeah. happy to get the win? Yeah, obviously happy to get the win. But, yeah, but how many goals uh, do you want to score? Or or
1: assists in any case?
2: A million A million. Yeah
1: they will be happy with a 1-0, Keith. I'll be happy with a 1-0 exactly, win. Exactly, exactly.
0: Oh, don't do that to us. It's not one of those grinding games. Come on, open it up a bit.
1: It's a derby. <laughs> at least four. It's a derby, you've got to remember at the same time. You yeah,
0: know? and 8-3, the derby win in the first round. I so, know, but that both sides are,
1: are, are settled now. With, you know, the, there may not be as much free-flowing uh, uh, play as there will be in, in, in other games this season. Is that how you're feeling going in, or you just got to play it as it comes it's, and, and wait for the, the dogs to come out and throw everything at you in that first in that first period.
2: Yeah, that's what we expect. It is, uh, it is a little more comforting knowing we got a little bit bigger of a sheet than some some of the rinks that we'll see on the road. So gives you a little bit extra time and space, which is good. Um, but, yeah, you got to expect the physicality and mm. grind style play.
1: Yeah. All right, so just a reminder again, it's 4.30 doors open at the Macquarie Ice Rink tomorrow, out the back of uh, the Macquarie uh, Centre. 5 p.m. puck drop for the derby tomorrow, the ice dogs and the bears, and then it's the Bears versus Newcastle on Sunday, same time, 4:30 doors open, 5 o'clock puck drop. And if you book online right now, don't forget code in the bench, T-H-E-B-E-N-C-H, The Bench, for your 10% discount on your match day tickets for both games. Courtesy of our sponsors on the bench. The Sydney Bears Ice Hockey Club.
0: The all-about-caring Sydney Bears. And log on to bearsden.com.au to get your tickets. Jake Ratcliffe, Chris Moquin. Got it right, finally. Hey! That's good, good yeah. job. All, always like to check because some areas of... French Canada and the U.S. have different pronunciations. Mm So Moquan or Moquan or depending on who you ask. Uh, But but Chris and Jake, we'll ditch that for the moment. Chris and Jake, thanks for joining us tonight on the bench and good luck over the weekend. And let's see some ice dogs' teeth next time you come into the studio, eh? Just some souvenirs. All right, thanks. Have a lot of fun. Yes,
3: thanks for having us.
1: All right, uh, that's uh, once again 4.30 doors open, 5 o'clock puck drop tomorrow and Sunday. It's the Derby, the Bears and the Ice Dogs. And then on Sunday, uh, it's the uh, Bears versus the Newcastle North Stars. Get out and have a look at uh, some of the best ice hockey in the world in the Australian Ice Hockey League, courtesy of the, uh, you're caring. All about caring. All about caring, you're caring, we're all about caring, Sydney Bears. (laughs) This is a very special rugby union segment tonight. Because for the first time, we are proud of Triple H to say that we will be calling our very first Hornsby Lions match in the Central Coast Rugby Union competition tomorrow. That bandwagon that Matt Mears has talked about for the last 12 months, well, it's finally reached its destination. And that is Mark Taylor Oval tomorrow for the back to Hornsby, back to Waitara, Members Day, the biggest home game of the year for the Hornsby Lions, uh, with whichever competition they've played in. These days, it's the Central Coast competition. Don Rosudo is with me. A special guest online is the first grade captain of the Hornsby Lions. Sam White on the phone. Good evening to you, Sam, and welcome to the bench. Good
4: day, guys. How you going? Yeah, good, mate. How are you? Good. Good to be on.
1: Indeed. Okay. Uh, let's... Uh, Uh, Take us through what you expect coming into tomorrow against Woi Woi. We all know how uh, both sides have struggled this season. Both sides haven't got a win. Uh, Although you were desperately unlucky against uh, the Lakes last week, you probably should have won that game, but we won't go there right now. Uh, But the bottom line is both sides still yet to chalk their first win for the season. You're in front of Woi Woi on more bonus points than them. There's going to be more than just a hint of desperation about this match tomorrow.
5: Yeah, look, you're not wrong. Um, need to win for sure. Um, this is round eight, and yeah, we've had the first seven rounds without a win, so uh, yeah, very desperately need to uh, get the W. Really frustrating as well because of three of those seven games, we have been in front at some point in the game, but uh, just uh, just not able to hold on to get the win, but we're fully expecting to head out against uh tough I would know that they're below us on the ladder, but... Warwick have traditionally been a very tough team to get on top of. Uh, very strong forward pack, very strong runners, so it'll be a very physical game. But uh, back to Hornsby Day, uh, wouldn't have it any other way.
1: Speaking of the back to Hornsby Day, it's the biggest day of the year every year for the club. A lot of activities and events. Uh, is it hard to actually focus on the game itself and not get caught up in the in the side hype and the white noise surrounding the game?
5: No, not at all, because that's... That's what you go for. So you the events and all that sort of stuff bring the crowd in, and uh, you know it's always better playing in front of a crowd, especially um, you know it's always good to try and kick goals in front of a thousand people, especially if you actually get them. But um, it, uh, it's. I said we weren't going to
1: discuss last week and the and the missed goal kicks. We weren't going to discuss Look, that. We're
5: not we're not here to talk about that. That's, uh, <laughs> we're not here to talk about the reason that we lost last week, and it definitely wasn't the goal kicker. That's fine. Um, it's. Uh, it's always good to get all those guys down and sort of showcase what the club's about. And, um, obviously on field and off field culture is, uh, is something that we've been building for a while. So yeah, look, whatever we can do to get more people there to see, uh, to see the lions and the red, black and gold get out on top for the, uh, for the first half of the year is what we're trying to do.
1: Now, speaking of getting people out to the game, of course, um, well documented the decision to leave the Sydney sub, uh, subbies competition and go up to the central coast, uh, Two years ago now, this is the third season you've been in the Central Coast competition. Is the jury still out on whether uh, the move is a, success, is, a, is a success? Because we know that you're in it for the long haul. You've made the decision and you're not going back.
5: Yeah, look, that's right. And we absolutely love the Central Coast Comp. Like, the culture around the way that we approach the game and the off-field stuff is second to none. It's um, It's the beauty of having country rugby, but... So close to Sydney, obviously Haunty is within Sydney, but we play in the Central Coast competition, part of the country rugby pathway. So it's that real awesome country vibe around, you know, you make a thousand hits during the game, but then you come off and you buy everyone in the other ten beer. And, um, and, you know, it's uh, that culture is really steeped through and uh, it, it fits in with the way we play and the way we act off the field really well. So, uh, yeah, we couldn't be happier.
4: We don't want to obviously talk about the uh, the goal kicking, Sam. But uh, let's talk about All something right. that is a, a big news uh, for yourself. Uh, your hundredth game, I believe, this Saturday. What does that mean for you? Yeah,
5: hundred uh, first game it was very, uh, yeah, very uh, very interesting. Um, it sort of makes me look back and go, Jesus, have I really been here that long? But um, yeah, look, it's a very proud moment, and uh, you know. There's no one else I'd rather be playing for. And, you know, every time I head out, with uh, head out wearing a red, black and gold. It's, uh, it's a very special moment. And I know there's a lot of other guys that have played uh, 100 games for the club. Um, and, you know, there's a bunch of guys that have played 100 first-grade games for the club as well. And, um, yeah, it's a, it's a really big honour to be able to join those guys.
4: You also play for the Andy Warner Memorial Trophy. For those of us out there but aren't too sure of who Andy Warner was, who is he and why is he so important for the club?
5: So Andy, uh, back in two thousand and one, I believe, uh, early 2000s, I know that uh, Andy actually died as a result of the injuries that he sustained on the rugby field. So we uh, we play every year uh, our back to Haunted today. We play for the Andy Warner Memorial Trophy for uh, whoever happens to draw us on that particular week. Uh, and uh, throughout that uh, throughout that game, we try and, and throughout the day, it's a bit of an opportunity to you know remember the guys that uh, you know. The, the Hornsby Rugby has lost uh, throughout the year. Um, and it also is a really big opportunity to promote the Back to Hornsby Day, which is uh, basically all the old boys uh, all get together and, you know, basically yell at uh, yell at everyone playing on the field, share a few brown lemonades, and, uh, you know, really just soak up each other's atmosphere and talk about the games they played a thousand years ago and, you know, just really get back involved in the club if only for that one day.
4: You, uh, of course, are playing at 3 o'clock kickoff time, but you're not the only team playing uh, this weekend before you guys, you got the second grade and the women's sevens nalas playing before. How have they been traveling this season?
5: Uh, the nalas are actually our most successful team. They've, uh, they've definitely chalked up more wins than any other team. Uh, because of the, you always know, the way, isn't um, it? Ouch. But, <laughs> yeah, well, Ouch. Well, I mean, mate, seriously, the way they train and, you know, the way that they approach the game, it's not a surprise that they've done as well as they have. They, um, they certainly train longer than the boys do and they play for only fourteen minutes at a time, given that they play two time slots. But uh, yeah, look it's not a secret that uh, it's not a secret that they train bloody hard, so there's a reason that they win. So they're playing at one o'clock and then at two forty and uh, being within that sandwich is second grade, uh, playing at one twenty, uh, led by Mr. James Garnett. So uh, yeah, look, that'll be uh, that'll be real good. Uh, where the twos have got a win uh, a couple of weeks ago, and, um, yeah, they uh, they really needed to chalk that one up as well. So hopefully they can continue their uh, continue that uh, that winning way. So yeah. What
1: about uh, you go back to this match against Woi Woi tomorrow? Back to Tin Tax. This strong Woi Woi forward pack. Um, the Lions, uh, the Hornsby Lions, that is, have had problems. Running out eighty minutes at times, it's gotta be said this season. How important is it to start well uh, tomorrow and also to hold your own and break even up
2: front?
5: Yeah, we we usually play really well for probably fifty five to sixty minutes and we can we feel like we can take it to any team, but then there's the uh, sort of anything between the five to the twenty minute brain part we've gotta sort out. Um, so getting on top early is really key, but more important is holding on to that win. As I've said, we've been in front for of the seven rounds we've played so far. There's three of those games where we've actually had the lead, so it's really important that we can uh, we can manage to hold it, especially in uh, back from Winsfield, when we've got a crowd and when the day means so much to us.
4: What have you been doing this week in particular at training, or what have you been discussing this week before the game? In getting that into your mindset that the game obviously does go on for the extra 15, 10-15 minutes to help yourselves get, uh, you know, past that, that real difficult stage of just finishing off matches?
5: Well, to be honest it's um, nothing really drastic has changed. It's all been pretty similar to what we've been preparing for in the, in the last few rounds. So uh, sort of over the, uh the you know, it's, it's been gradually building where, you know, last week we lost by one point. The week before that, we lost by, I think it was seven. The week before that, we lost by uh, about 20. So we're figuring that if nothing else tomorrow, if we follow the trend of the past few weeks to we get the draw. Um, but at the very least, uh, we you know, we'd like to continue the trend of lowering the points bit by bit. And then, uh, yeah, hopefully it's in our favour tomorrow.
1: What about uh, your back line uh, where you've been very good against opposition's uh, off and on this season um that back line needs time and space to operate doesn't it tomorrow and that's why it's again important that your forwards can somehow hold their own with the bigger woi Woi pack up front
5: that's right well look when our forwards get moving forward they're uh you know they're really hard to stop, but it's just a matter of getting that uh getting that clean ball for the half to get uh to hopefully get the ball to me and then i can uh i can deliver it to that back line which i reckon is the best comp we're absolutely electric when we get it out there but you know, as they say, the old um, the old rugby saying. You know, you got to earn the right, so you got to go forward first, and uh, that's where our big boys need to uh, need to step up um, and you know head forward and knock some of these guys over and set the tone early, and and then uh, yeah, use the pace and get it out wide and um, see what uh, see what we can do.
1: And how important would it be to have that big home crowd? There is showers in the forecast tomorrow. Hopefully, they stay away. Um, we're looking forward to going out there and calling the game, but. There's going to be a big crowd for, the, uh, for this biggest home game of the season and they could be a very important 16th man in, uh, uh, in, in, the, in, the, in the outfit tomorrow in those last 20 minutes when you are feeling the pinch.
5: Absolutely. And look, what we fully expect to hear is sort of, you know, that 15, 20 minutes to go or, or when we're on a roll is that long, slow, always chant chance to come from crowd corner. And um, look, when you're on the field and you've got the front foot and you hear that chant come out, that it really is the 16th, 17th, 18th, 19th man. It, it means everything. So it'll be really good to have that uh, have that echo across Mark Taylor that tomorrow for sure.
1: The uh, other matches in the round, the clear standout is the top-of-the-table clash at Arimba. You've played them both this year, Arimba and Terrigal. That will be an absolute uh, uh, Bobby Dazzler.
5: Yeah, no doubt. Uh, the grand finalist from last year as well. So, look... Um, Terrigal are going to be hard to beat. They've, um, as they say in the old parlance, they've bought well and they've, uh, they've got a really, really strong forward back. Um, so, look, that's basically just what they'll do to most teams is as well they should. They'll just bash them up front and, um, you know, hopefully... But in uh, saying
1: that, orimba have done likewise this season and they're playing at their own orimba uh, Rugby
5: Park. They have, that's true. That's a fair point. That's, um, I don't know, I just can't see... Uh, I can't see Terrigal losing this one.
1: All right, then... Uh... Just a reminder then, if you can't make it to Mark Taylor Oval tomorrow, um, it will be an historic first ever Hornsby Lions broadcast here on Triple H 100.1 FM. Don Rizzuto and myself will be uh, in attendance uh, tomorrow from around 2.30, 2.45. We're looking at around quarter to three, Don, for the start of our coverage uh, from Mark Taylor Oval tomorrow. And I'm really looking forward to calling our first ever Hornsby Lions game and hopefully not our last.
4: Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be a great game out there. We said we've been discussing with uh, with my, my good friend Angus McQueen uh, about uh, getting the call done. We're super excited to get out there. Have, again, Tony, back, uh, back next to you, I think, uh, the dynamic duo as we like to call ourselves. <laughs> but this time, not, hopefully, up in having a nice commentary box, which is uh, a bit of a, a change for us considering some of the uh, Look, special chari- locations we tend to get. It's to-
1: character building, some of the <laughs> locations we've called from. But we're looking forward to getting into that uh, clubhouse at the Mark Taylor Oval Grandstand. Uh, tomorrow. But there is other rugby, of course, going on. We, it would be remiss not to uh, mention the shoot shield. The big game at Wade Park tomorrow in Orange. Eastern suburbs, the Beasties taking their match against Gordon to the country to Wade Park Orange. That's the television match tomorrow. The other matches, competition leaders Eastwood playing Warringah at TG Milner. Norths versus Southern Districts at North Sydney Oval. Randwick hosts the Western Sydney Two Blues at Coogee and West Harbour take on Manly at uh, Concord Oval uh, with the television match, a feature Easts Gordon, Eastwood and Moringa, of course, at TG Milner. And Shane Evans, you were at Manly Oval last week for that bumper crowd, officially 9,000. you think it was a little less than that, but whatever it was, um, it was eye-opening that there were more people there than at most Super Rugby games played in Australia last weekend
6: definitely was and also good evening Sam it's good to have the local boys on board to talk to as well but yeah that's probably seven and a half eight maybe at tops there but that's unfortunately for Manly that's the second week in a row where they've had a big lead especially the week before they played Ramwick and they were up by 21 and then to lose the game last weekend and obviously losing to My and Garats on the weekend giving up a 22 point lead there's got to be something in that in the head that Brian Melrose isn't able to get the guys to be able to go on with the lead. They went into a protect into a protection mode for that last 35 minutes you and can't what do happens, that, especially at shoot Shield level when you've got the players like Salosi, Tengi, about and even Boyd Killingworth coming back from the Australian Seven setup. He absolutely ran roughshod over them for the last 20 minutes and. Help with that last run before Josh Holmes scored the winning try. All right, then. Lastly, there is Super Rugby
1: on. We can tell you around the grounds for Magpies Waitara. It's a thriller at Eden Park. Two minutes to go. It's Auckland Blues and the Northern Transvaal Blue Bulls locked up at 22-all. It's the Blues and the Bulls, 22-all at Eden Park. Two minutes to go in the Friday night game. The other big Friday night match tonight, gentlemen, it's the Melbourne Rebels who can secure that home semi-final and a spot in the playoffs by winning the Australian Conference against the New South Wales Waratahs, who have been racked by the Folau saga and, unfortunately, their
4: season has, hasn't been the same. No, their season wasn't that great before the Folau saga started, anyway. So there won't be much uh, in it for them, particularly going forward. But they'll be wanting to win. They still, I think, are an outside chance, or they might have. They might be cut now from the from making the th- finals. I think,
1: I think they're gone, the Waratahs. Yeah. But the Rebels can secure top spot in the Australian Conference. The ACT Brumbies are uh, away to the Sunwolves in Tokyo this weekend. That match is tomorrow afternoon, Sydney time. The other matches in Super Rugby this weekend. It's Waikato Chiefs hosting the Canterbury Crusaders in Hamilton tomorrow evening, 5.35 Sydney time. Queensland hosts the Jaguars, The side that Phil Kearns wants chucked out of Super Rugby tomorrow night at Suncorp Stadium. And then the two South African matches Saturday night into Sunday morning. It's the Natal Coastal Sharks versus Wellington Hurricanes and the Transvaal Lions in the derby against the uh, Western Province Stormers. That's Super Rugby this weekend. But Sam White, really looking forward to getting out to uh, Mark Taylor Oval tomorrow. Getting it live, loud and local. It's back to Hornsby Day. One last thing from you... Any, res- you'll be happy with a one-point win, but you'll be, you predict a, a one-point win, an eight-point win, or any win?
5: Oh, absolutely, predicting a win. Yes, we've got to get up, for sure. And that's across all grades. Fully expecting the women to get the double with their two matches before and after second. Fully expecting seconds to get on top, and yeah, we should definitely give it a crack as well.
1: All right, then. Thanks for your time, Sam. Really looking forward to... Uh, Seeing you out there at Mark Taylor Oval tomorrow, perhaps leading the way to the Lions' first victory of the season. Thanks for joining the bench. It won't be the last time, I can assure you.
5: Great. Thanks for having me.
0: Get ready for the weekend with Community Radio's premier sports show. Your new fix of Friday night sport. Welcome to the Bench.
1: 19 past seven right now. Time to talk cricket. Yes, cricket. Why? Why? What, are you, what are we talking about cricket? Well, a minor event <laughs> called the ICC Cricket World Cup started overnight in England. The host nation's thumping 104 run win over South Africa, defending a big total. Well, we're going to get a local perspective on this. Not only from our correspondent Matt Mears, who's on a uh, junket—sorry, sabbatical. So sorry, a visit. No, it is a junket um, in England playing cricket and watching the World Cup. He'll be reporting for us in later weeks. But right now, it's time to uh, bring it all back home locally. And proud to say that we've got the new captain of the Northern District Rangers, Nathan Smith, online. Good evening to you, Nathan. Welcome back to the bench, and congratulations on securing the captaincy for the nineteen twenty season.
7: Hey, G'day, guys. Thanks for having me.
1: Indeed. Now, before we go any further and we talk World Cup, a big announcement was made today by the Rangers as far as a very good recruit for that 2019-2020 season.
7: Yeah, so we announced the signing of a batsman from Mossman uh Scott So Scott, he's just dominated the Sydney Grey competition over the last sort of half, five, five years or so. Uh, and he was a Woroomba boy played all his junior cricket at uh, Hornsby-Kurangai, and then he's making his way home, as we like to call it, back to Northern District.
1: Indeed, because he's been a a mainstay for a number of clubs north of the harbour in recent years, none the least of which he's carried that Mossman Wales side for quite some time. And uh, that top order, which was brittle at times, you would have been very frustrated as an opening bowler, Nathan, to uh, have to go out and do all the work when your batting, frankly, let you down too many times last season, so the recruitment of Roggie to stiffen that top order is most welcome.
7: Yeah, it definitely is. He'll bring just an added area of class and a lot of experience on his hands. Like We we probably lacked that a bit last year with a lot of young guys coming through, uh, and he'll aid the development of them as well, so it's going to be nothing positive for us.
1: Indeed. All right, well, we'll be discussing that as weeks go on, and particularly when we get to August, September, when we preview our cricket for the summer. We'll probably have Scott Roggie in the studio or at least on the phone to discuss a fair few things with him. OK, the World Cup started overnight, Nathan, and it was pretty much as the form guide ex- um, expected or tipped to us, a, a thumping England win. The host nation come in as favourites. They made eight for 311, and they bowled South Africa out for 207 in reply uh, but the big thing for me is Joffrey archer his eligibility for england rushed through seven to nine days before the tournament started and three for 27 off seven overs he bowls 150 clicks he has the best slower ball in white ball cricket he could be the x-factor that gets england their much long-awaited first world cup
7: yeah, most definitely. I think England's just the powerhouse of one-day cricket, as they've shown over the last couple of years. Just from right down from top of the order all the way through to number 11, where the bowlers come into it. Uh, it's just class. Joffre, Archer. We've been lucky enough to see him in the big bash over the last few years, and he's just a class act. He's got all the skills and just knows exactly what he's doing, doesn't he?
1: He certainly does. Um, half centuries for uh, Jason Roy, Joe Root, Ian Morgan, and Ben Stokes, and I think Ben Stokes has a point to prove also in this World Cup after what he's been through off the field in the last couple of years. We all know how good an all-rounder he has the potential to be. Uh, he has that explosiveness alongside Jos Butler in the middle of that England order and uh, he can chip in with some wickets as a more than handy third and fourth change bowler.
7: Yeah, he's very dangerous there. Uh, he definitely does with his off-the-field antics. He has a few, few sort of critics to silence and... Um, he started in perfect fashion, hasn't he? Scoring runs and taking wickets. Also that catch as well, if anyone saw it. Oh, that, yes. I've ever
1: seen. Will probably be the catch of the tournament. There'll be very oh, few catches to match that for the next six weeks, even though we've got... Yeah,
7: you can't beat that.
1: We've got 47 games to go in this World Cup, and I doubt yeah. whether we'll see a catch that'll match Ben Stokes' catch. If you mi- Catch it on YouTube if you missed it. Sensational. Sensational. All right, tonight is Game 2. Um... It's Pakistan versus the West Indies at Trent Bridge. Two of the great enigmas of modern world cricket. On their day, both sides can be devastating, but when they're at their worst, they can be absolutely awful. I get the feeling, though, that Pakistan, having lost their last ten one-day internationals in a row, including that 5-0 series loss in the UAE to Australia, perhaps on a bit of a downslide, and the West Indies... Chris Gale's back, Andre Russell's back, and they've got Jason Holder getting a new culture into the place. Uh, Who knows what uh, they bring to the table?
7: Yeah, you never really know what you're going to get with either of these teams. Uh, I like where the West Indies are going, though. I know it was a different format, but Test Cricket, they they had a massive series win over England uh, at home, and they've just got a a few things going their way at the moment. All the big names are back. Andre Russell has a point to prove. So I do, I do like what the West Indies are doing. Whereas Pakistan, unfortunately, are probably going the other way. But they've got experience in big tournaments. They know how to how to show up and how to play. So it should be a good good showing for all.
1: Indeed. And uh, look, they've still got uh, some decent bowlers. Perhaps not quite the uh, the horsemen of the apocalypse attack that they had back in their heyday. But in saying that, huh, uh, they've still got some uh, some decent bowlers. In fact, we've just been told. Um, that the West Indies have won the toss and they have sent Pakistan in uh, in that match at Trent Bridge. That's hot off the presses. Uh, Both sides are taking the field right now for the National Anthems, or the West Indies Cricket Anthem and then the Pakistani National Anthem. It's overcast conditions. These are the typical late May, early season conditions. So the West Indies are backing themselves, Nathan, to bowl first, have the ball nip around and get some early wickets.
7: Yeah, classic English conditions there. A bit damp and a bit overcast, I dare say. So uh, definitely a good toss to win, I'd say. And Trent Bridge only ever gets better. So it'll be good for them.
1: All right, the other matches this weekend. uh, The two matches tomorrow in Cardiff, it's New Zealand versus Sri Lanka and Australia. Begin the defence of their World Cup title in Bristol tomorrow night, Australian time, against Afghanistan. Look, this is a potential to be a possible banana skin game if Australia are not careful, because Afghanistan have three spinners of great quality, led by Rashid Khan.
7: Yeah, really, really dangerous team Afghanistan. They've got their spinners. Uh, everyone knows about their spinners. They're they're known as the mystery spinners, and they just no one really knows how to play them. Whereas, but Afghanistan's batting is just explosive, and on their day, they can take anyone apart if you're not on. So real dangerous game but probably a good one for australia to get kickstart
1: their world cup campaign hopefully okay where do you see australia going with warner and smith does warner open does he bat six uh does finch open up with him kawaj has got these uh, head knocks and he's in doubt and then you've got uh, the conundrum of what you do with guys like maxwell and stoyness which way do you see the australians going with their lineup first up
7: Oh, I like I like Warner at the top with Finchy. They're just explosive and take the game away. With and then Kawaj's class of three is sort of a no-brainer to me. His form over the last six months has been impeccable in white ball cricket. So uh, that and then looking at the way Smith is batting at the moment as well, just that's a strong top order in my eyes.
1: Well, he's coming off a great hundred. Steve Smith as if he never went away. Uh, what about the what about the fact that the English crowds? all through this World Cup and then the Ashes to follow are pretty much going to give it to Warner and Smith all the way through for this next four months. They're just just going to have to remain focused. We know that won't be a problem for Steve Smith, but you just don't know with Dave Warner, if someone gets under his skin and the wick happens to be a bit shorter on one day than another, that something could happen.
7: Yeah, let's hope that, we know he's going to get the abuse, but let's hope that rallies him and stirs him on and brings out the best of him. So he wants to put them all to sleep and get rid of them. Um, and then hopefully that results in a lot of runs for us.
1: Absolutely. And then the, the rest of the matches over the weekend and the opening of the World Cup Sunday, Bangladesh make their debut uh, back at Lords against South Africa. And then uh, on uh, Monday back at Tread Bridge, it, it will be England versus Pakistan. As uh, this tournament gets away now, uh, or gets underway and gets into full stride now, these changes to the World Cup, where we have just the ten teams, uh, Nathan, finally, and a round robin format where everyone plays everybody else once. Uh, India don't start until next week; they've got a few days' grace after the IPL to get, let them recharge their batteries. Uh, by the time we get through four and five weeks and we thirty and thirty-five games in, and we. Uh, and we virtually know who our semi-finalists are going to be like, or we're down to the perhaps two teams for the last spot in the semis. Is it going to be a bit cumbersome having to put up with some dead rubbers at the back end of the qualifying series before we get to the semis?
7: Look, I hope not. I hope we've got, like, it's the world stage. You've got the best against the best. So fingers crossed that everyone's got a chance going in the last, say, four or five days of that period. Uh, and then we'll get into the real pointy end. But, I mean, everyone's got everything to play for. You're in a round robin, and just one loss can throw you out of contention. So, must every game's got so much riding on it now.
1: Starting with tonight, that match at uh, Trent Bridge, just repeating the news there that the West Indies have won the toss. They've sent Pakistan in. Uh, This was a ground where England made that world record 481 (laughs) of 50 overs in the warm-up two weeks ago. I somehow don't think we're going to see that many tonight under these overcast conditions. It's great to talk with you, Nathan. Well done on securing Scott Rodgey to the Rangers for next summer. We'll be discussing a heck of a lot more about that, but uh, we'll catch up next week when we're well and truly into the World Cup and every team will have played at least one, if not two games and we're settled down into the tournament. Thanks for your time. It's great to catch up and talk cricket again.
7: No worries, guys. For having me. Thank you.
1: Nathan Smith, the new captain of the Northern District Rangers, talking all things cricket and World Cup cricket.